She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house, and we are live today on this beautiful Saturday after Thanksgiving. I know many of you guys have probably enjoyed the Black Friday bit different than when I was a child, but then again, everything seems to change as we keep going. So we had um, some good time shopping as well as then obviously uh, now we're going to be doing a lot more on the internet, right? Cyber. So making sure one of the big things I want to touch on a little bit is every one of my clients, I promise you, or many of them almost are all great people. They give, especially during this season. And many people are buying things for like angel trees, buying food for families that maybe um, aren't able to have the same kind of um, Christmas or Thanksgiving that you were able to have. Um, So they're giving and sharing those things. Now, keep in mind that under the new tax law that the um, the $600 for married couple, $300 for single individuals, that's above the standard deduction has to be cash. And that doesn't include if you go out and buy clothing, uh, gifts, whatever for angel tree, that is not going to be qualified for that type of charitable deduction. Just put it out there. Nothing wrong. I know myself, my sister and I, we've probably um, got four or five bins for the angel trees that we're, we're working with. Uh, but just putting that out there, that that is still a charitable contribution, but it would be considered non-cash because you're actually buying something for them, not giving cash. Same way as if you go out and you buy a lot of food for a food bank, helping to make uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas baskets. Again, you are using cash for, but you are yourself, you are not a nonprofit yourself. And so you're buying the food with after-tax dollars, and then giving that to the charity, the charity is claiming the food or the clothing. So therefore the money did not go through a 501c3. So just as a point and um, go fund me accounts, kind of want to touch on those a bit because I know I have many clients that, especially at this time of the year, a lot of times they will go in and, and do um, a GoFundMe for different families in the neighborhood, ones that are having health or medical issues. I have a client, a case right now, where um, one of my clients, um, uh, significant other, set up a GoFundMe account for someone in their church that was having a really hard time, um, and and they were trying to get money for treatments. Long story short, she raised, I don't know, somewhere I think it was around twenty five thousand dollars on her GoFundMe. She physically wrote a check to those people, but she did not set it up as a nonprofit or charity. Um, GoFundMe account because she was just trying to raise money for this family. The IRS came back and said, wait a second, we've changed your tax return and you're going to pay tax now on that $25,000. So there are ways in the GoFundMe situation to set it up as a legitimate nonprofit or not for, for profit situation. You may not be a 501c3, but they do have those set up. And it does depend on how much money I think you earn um, and how it's transferred to that individual. Any money you give to a GoFundMe, unless it is a legitimate 
501c3, which you can go to irs.gov charity and look up any charity to find out if it is a legitimate 501c3, then you have that ability. But otherwise, it is not even a tax deduction for giving or helping or supporting another individual, um, you know, through a rough time or anything like that. Just want to be able to, um, you know, make sure you have that and, and what's going to go forward on that. So if you've got, are you working with GoFundMe? They're a wonderful organization, uh, help people raise money. And a lot of people give to those. Just want to put that out there. Charitable deductions, um, again, for the above the standard deduction, deduction, which is 300 for an individual uh, and 600 for a married couple, that will only be allowed if it was cash, like tithing at your church or any of those kind of situations. So that way you have enough to make sure that you're dealing with what you have. The child tax credit. I know we probably have quite a few listeners right now that are talking or thinking, okay, you've been getting the child tax credit. You haven't been getting the child tax credit. You shouldn't be getting it, or maybe you should. I don't, you know, there, there's a lot of every other year situation with divorced couples um, or co-parenting parents, I should say. Um, and there are situations where a child's age may turn and the government didn't catch it. Um, just keep in mind, this is not like the money that we call a stimulus that we received in 2020 and in 2021. This is going to have to be paid back. So if the government sent you money for a child that will not be claimed on your current tax year, even if that child is living with you, whatever the situation may be, because I do know with some uh, divorce situations, they'll say, well, the child lived with me the whole year, but the divorce degree says this. I mean, the IRS does not get in the middle. If you have a tax person, in all honesty, you're supposed to have that child living with you six months and one day to claim them as your dependent child. No matter if you're paying for their room and board at your exes or anything else makes no difference. That is the way the rule runs. And nowadays, when there's so much money seeming to be handed out there uh, for parents, um, the last what, two years, basically, again, for night, uh, for 2020 and 2021, it's, um, it's been interesting, because a lot of people are like, well, yeah, he claims them every other, but they live with me, and they have this, and I'm just saying, the, the tax law in itself says the child must live with you six months, one day, and your address should be the one that is showing on all tax documents, as far as if they go to the doctor, whose address is on, if they're in school, whose address is on their paperwork. Now, in some cases, I have actually seen in both those cases where there is two addresses, but I'm just saying that is the way the tax law, they're not going to get in the middle of a divorce and there's no need for the IRS to do that. But making sure that you're claiming this properly, there are certain limitations, there are certain things. And again, just to let, you know, reiterate, because I had a case that came up recently where the ex-husband was allowing the wife to claim the children every year, but the children never lived with the wife, but his income was too high. Again, playing with the numbers at the IRS isn't necessarily legal, guys. So if you are taking care and you have six months in one day and the child is basically full-time at your place. You should be the person claiming them no matter what 
um, the income bracket or any of those other situations. So make sure you have that information straight. If you've got questions on that, you can certainly join the show 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. Hopefully you guys are actually having a great time out there on this Thanksgiving after weekend, I guess you call it. Ah, to me, it's all the pre-show. My Christmas lights get to be turned on tonight. So I am really excited because I have put, well, I'm like one of those crazy people, right? I put all my Christmas lights up starting in October um, so that we're ready for the big show. And so um, I love my Christmas lights. So anyways, if you've got questions on that or, you know, keep in mind, we only have about what, four weeks thereabouts to make any kind of changes. If you have a tax question or a situation in which you might be thinking, okay, in 2021, I sold a piece of real estate. I um, sold a rental. I, which could be a piece of real estate. Um, I sold a lost stock. I took money, additional money out of a retirement account. What is this going to do to me in taxes? That's the kind of questions that we can try to help you at least get to a basic number, or we can get you in the office and get you a more accurate number. Either way, if you've got a question about those kind of situations, it may not even be taxable, but you need to ask the question because the last thing I want you to do is throw your paperwork, get ready to do your taxes, throw the numbers in your tax return, and then turn around and say, what? I owe money and you're not going to blame me because I've been telling you guys throughout the last 10 years that if we have tax questions, you need to be calling me. All right. Why don't we hit Michael um, real quick and we'll see what we got. Hey, Michael, thanks for calling. Hey, how are you? I am good. How about yourself? Doing wonderful, thank you. Cool. Um, my question, I've got two jobs. Um, okay. One of them I work with me on the weekends. And all throughout last year, they did not take any income tax out of my checks. Right. Um, I'm not really sure why. I don't know if I just don't work enough, if I don't make enough because <laughs> it's well, a biweekly paycheck or that that's part of the problem. The problem is the tax code and they've tried to change it with the new W4. Personally, I think they've made it more complicated, but um, what happens is they're looking at it as if that job is the only job you have. Um, and okay. if you think about trying to live off just that job, you probably are in poverty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're just looking at that line. So your second job, which is the weekend job <laughs> in my mind, you need to go in there. Are you married or single? Married. Okay, you need to go into that job, change your W-4 and go to a minimum of single and zero, which would get you at the highest available for that income without having additional because my concern is, and it happens every year, um, is when you get ready to do your taxes. Now, again, you may have a number of children and you may have enough um, other deductions that offset it, but it could actually end up where you owe money because they didn't take out any taxes on that money at the end of the year. Right. That's what happened this last year when I filed. Yeah. They took out a lot. I only got back, you know, a third of what I was supposed to. Right. Um, I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. I went in this year. I put zero on everything. Take the most out. I didn't put filing single, so I might have to change that. <clears throat> but I put in to contribute $60 each paycheck. Right. So Okay. 
Well, if you did that, I mean, I don't know when you made that particular change, obviously that should have helped, but it's only going to be probably after you did your taxes in 2021 and you found out that, Hey, 2020, I ended up losing a big chunk. Now I will say um, on the positive of that, and I know it's never great because a lot of times people look forward to those refunds, but the fact is you had enough refund to cover it. So you got your money, every paycheck in your pocket and you weren't loaning the money to the government. I know that's not always an easy answer when you're saying, Hey, I usually get six grand back and I only got two because the other four, you know, went back to the government. Uh, but either way you you're going to pay that for, right. It's either going to come out of your paycheck or it's going to come out at the end of the year. Yeah. But you know, and that way the government's not holding 6,000 of your dollars until the end of the year is the only thing I'm thinking I would, I, I'm one of those people that prefer a smaller refund and have more money every month in my pocket or week or whatever your pay pipe paper is. But I do know with children, sometimes it is nice to have one big check to take care of holidays and things like that. So either yeah. way, Michael, but my suggestion is if whatever the dollar amount, and it sounds like you did do that, where well, let's say you owed $3,000 on that money uh, based on the year before, divide that by 26 weeks or, you know, you said you're paid bi-weekly, um, 26 pays, excuse me, and that would give you how much money you should have come out every single time. And if you just tell them, you know what, just take out $60 every paycheck, that should accomplish, which is what you've done. That should accomplish what you're looking for. But I don't know how, um, how recently you went back and did that. I did that right at the beginning of the year, just in case they didn't take income tax out again. I got gotcha. you. I brought it up to my GM. She was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Nobody again, if they're, I mean, we, by putting the extra 60, it should have been a no brainer in that one. Normally people go in and say, oh, I went through and I put zero on everything. And I'm like, well, did you check single and zero versus married? Because, you know, if you're making 15, $20,000 a year in this side job and you're married, even with zero, you're still way below poverty and there's not going to be any federal withholdings. Um, in fact, if you make less than $35,000, there'd be no withholdings on a married zero situation, you know? So, right. yeah, so that's what I would double check. But um, yeah, I would definitely talk to the payroll department, my friend, or change your other paycheck, your big, your main company, have them take out extra and just leave the other, the smaller company alone is a, is a suggestion. Okay. But also, as long as I've given enough for my combined income, though. Makes no difference who pays it. it. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Hey, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and you can join the show if you want. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. And we'll be right back. Alrighty, we are back here live in studio. So... If you've got a question, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, trying to figure out what we can do. Obviously, the Build Back Better plan is out there. We are watching it to see what exactly is going to be coming uh, as part of a tax change or not. Inflation obviously has um, affected a, a lot of our decisions possibly in this, this last uh, holiday season. We'll see how that really comes out in the wash. Um, depending on who you're listening to, inflation is good, inflation is bad. 
Um, we'll, we'll work our way through that one as we keep going. But if you've got questions on taxes, which is what I like to talk about, you can join the show at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Got an email over the weekend. And one of the uh, questions someone asked me is how much can they contribute to a health savings account? You guys all know, especially for entrepreneurs or small business owners, I am a huge fan of the health savings account because for many of us that are blessed, I should say, we don't have a lot of health issues. Therefore, we don't go to the doctor a lot and paying health insurance can become um, very expensive. And what do you have when it's all said and done? So you're paying four or $500 a month for insurance and you don't see a doctor, but once a year, in my case, usually for poison ivy or something. So um, with a health savings account, I've been able to put in, in this year for a single individual uh, for 2021, it was 3,600 and for a married couple, um, 72. And then if you're a uh, 55 or older, you can do what's called a catch up. So it'd be 46 for some a single person and 82 if you're a family. Um, both of those would be an awesome situation. Because think about it, if you're not using that money, you can do that year after year after year. Uh, and then maybe you do want some sort of procedure, um, you know, Lasix, for example, I got some of those last year, and uh, it was uh, basically money I'd already saved up. So it was something I could use, it was viable, and it was a great thing to be able to move forward with. So just want to, you know, say if you have that question, and anyone else listening, definitely take the advantage. All right, let's see, Gary and Mount Juliet. Hello, Gary. Hello, Dr. Friday. What's happening, buddy? Well, I have my, my, this is a standard question. Uh, I, like I used to itemize, but in, in 2020, the deductible, I couldn't meet it. And is, uh, so the comparison between 2020 and 2021 uh, is going to be about the same, or has there been something major that uh, would affect that? No, the standard deduction, it did go up just a smidge. So you'll have a little bit more um, for a standard deduction 2021. A single person under the age of 65 will be 12,550, married 25,1, head of household 18,8. And then if you are over the age of 65, you can add another 1,350 uh, to that, either double it if you're married uh, with two or if you're single, $1,700. Sorry. So. Are you married or single? I'm married over 65. Both of you? Yes. So your guys' standard deduction is going to be, if I can figure out how to use a calculator. No. <laughs> Sorry. 27.8. So you, your guys' standard deduction will automatically be $27,800. All right. Thank you kindly. I appreciate hey, it. No problem. Thank you very much. That's okay, a good bye. question because a lot of us are planning our taxes, making things work. You know, we need to know how much is um, our deductible because um, before the Trump changes, a lot of us did what I always refer to as even and odd. So in every even year, I would pay my property taxes twice, do all my charitable contributions uh, a lot of times at the first of the year and then spread the rest of it out. So that way you have the ability to... Um, you know, spread the money and do what you need to do. Where on the other hand, um, if you nowadays though, with the higher standard deductions, it's almost impossible, especially for married couples, um, unless you have high charity or a very large mortgage. 
to itemize. So um, it's going to change and make things a little bit simpler on that aspect. I know that they said they were simplifying the tax code, and in some ways they did, but it's also made it a little bit more complicated because they maximized home purchases up to 750000 and the housing market has went kind of crazy, as we all know, and that means that a lot more people have mortgages that might be more than that dollar amount. And then we have to amateurize the difference so we can come to what was the actual interest of that home if it was purchased. And I have a lot of people that have sold their primary homes and purchased new homes. And in doing so, they have started that clock all over again. And, you know, I'm just saying it is something that is going to make for, um, you know, if you're doing your own taxes and you have a mortgage statement and you have a house with a mortgage of $775,000, you're not going to write off 100% of that interest. Interest is very low right now anyways, but that is something you have to look at. Most before this, it was over a million dollars. And to be honest, in Tennessee, we didn't have to worry. California, New York, New Jersey, where I have other clients, there were more homes in that dollar amount. Nowadays in Tennessee, I have quite a few people that have sold homes for that and then repurchased homes in those higher dollar amounts. Um, even though their, their mortgages may be less than the total value of the home, it's still out there and still dealing with that issue. So if you've got a question on that, you can give me a call at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We still have uh, up through the 2021 until we know what the Build Back Better plan is going to do. We still have the lifetime gifting exclusion of $11 million, $11 million seven to be precise. Um, and then obviously you still have the $15,000 per a person per, um, uh, an individual. So anyone can give anyone $15,000 and not really have to report that any direction. Sometimes that's a nice thing to be able to, to do when we're funding different gifts or helping to gift over, um, stocks or homes. Those are ways we can do that and, and preserve the um, value of the thing we're gifting. Because sometimes people are like, well, I'm just going to gift my house to my kids. The problem with that is, A, I don't think it's a great plan. Um, but let's just say you're, look, you're worried about the look back for Medicare and you want to do this early. So you have that. And that way, you know, your children will always have this home. And, you know, um, the, the theory is wonderful. The concept is not because your home has appreciated since the moment you purchased the home. And unless your children are going to buy the home from you for fair market value, you're not going to be able to preserve that. So you paid 50,000 or $150,000 for the home. And then you have to give it to the children at that dollar amount at gifting. I've even seen people quick claim it for a dollar to their children, which means there is no basis. You just eliminate what you paid for the home. So not a good plan, but let's just assume that you got a good tax person. They realize that they, that when you're gifting something, you can preserve the original investment of the person that they paid for it. And now the, the kids, you know, sell it 15 years later, they only have the original appreciated value of 150 and now they're selling for 850. Now the child has that and you've passed along and they would have normally inherited at the 850, not your original investment. So there are ways of preserving, there are grantor trust and different things like that. But in all honesty, I think, um, I know 
the look back and the Medicare, uh, that's not my expertise, to be quite honest. I'm always looking at how we can save tax dollars and what's the best way to um, pass this information or our, our assets to our children without having to pay taxes, in some cases, twice. And that's what we're trying to preserve when we're looking at, at taxes and making sure we're not just making decisions because we're a, a fear. You know, I mean, you see a lot of people, they'll sell out all their stock or they'll put all their money, they'll cash out. I have people that took all the money out of their IRAs and left it in the IRA, but they moved it over to like a bond account during the whole beginning of 2021 because they were fearful that the market was going to crash. And they missed out of one of the biggest bull markets we had because of that kind of situation. I'm not going to say that I'm a, I'm a market person. I'm not a stock, but you've got to not allow fear to make decisions. You need experts. If you're thinking about doing something like that, you should go at least talk to three experts in that profession. And almost all of them will offer free consultation so that you can take care of doing that kind of situation. Don't just make a decision because you think something's going to happen or you've got a fear, at least let the experts help you out on that. And if you've got questions on taxes after this next break, I can take that call at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. And we're going to be right back with the Dr. Friday show. back here live in studio and we're taking your calls talking about taxes and i realize today of all days probably a lot more people are thinking about what they're going to be getting ready to buy for christmas um or any other uh the major holidays coming up and probably not thinking about taxes but now's the time you need to be thinking about taxes we only have about 30 days left Come on, people, we need to make sure we're organized and we're not missing out on some sort of tax deduction just because you are busy trying to make sure everyone is staying happy. I'm just saying, guys, we need to make sure that we have everything going and we're doing really, really good. So if you've got a question, you can reach us here at studio 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, making sure we have everything nice and organized. Um, and uh, some of you guys may have um, heard my last show, but I do want to say that we are um, looking for um, some staff members. So if you're in the accounting business and you are... Um, more like an accountant assistant right now. We're looking and we will train. We are taking on um, some new employees. So just a heads up, if you are someone in the accounting industry and you want, you uh, can give us a call in our office or email friday at drfriday.com. And we'll be looking at applications, trying to fill a couple positions that we have coming up. If you do have um, questions, obviously about taxes, um, many of you may not know, but I'm an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, which just basically means, guys, that's all I do is taxes and representation. So if you're looking to get out of IRS debt, you're looking to figure out, okay, now's the time to start doing what I wanted to do, get back on track, get ready, you know, stop looking over my shoulders. Are they going to take my house? They'll take my car. I can help you get all of that straight and let you figure out exactly how we can do it. And maybe in a way that you might be surprised, there are some really good, um, um, I want to say deals because they can, the IRS is one big deal, but they have some really good programs that we can use to maybe help you get back on track. All right, let's hit Tony first. 
I'm sorry, Tom, my fault. Tom Hendersonville, I saw a T and didn't finish it off. Hey, Tom. Uh, hey, hey, listen, I just want to know, uh, I draw Social Security, and uh, I've always heard like two or three uh, different answers from everyone, but um, I was going to, starting back to work uh, just part-time, a few hours a week, and I just want to know how much can I earn uh, per month before uh, the, they go ahead and it hits against your Social Security. Are you under the age of full retirement? Uh, I'm 62. Okay, so you're on early Social Security. So in the year of 2021, the maximum you can take is $18,960. That's the max you can make for the year. Okay. So it's not like per month or anything, just maybe like just uh, divided up 18,000 divided. You could work six months and make that money. And as long as you don't make Mm -hmm. any more of the last six months, you would be fine. It's not based on a month. It's uh, basically is the maximum earning by the job age 62, a normal social security. If anything above that, you're going to get reduced $1 for every $2 over. Okay. All right. That's all I need to know then. That was wonderful. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. Let's hit James in Hendersonville. Hey, James. Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Fatty? I am doing very well. Thanks for calling. What can I do for you? Hey, uh, I'm retired. Uh, I don't file an income tax. I'm on Social Security. I'm going to open up a small business, and I've been buying stock to stock the business with. Okay. Do I need to claim that tax that I'm paying on the stock that I'm buying? So do you mean like inventory? You're purchasing inventory that you're eventually going to resell? Yes. Okay. The answer is no. There's nothing you have to claim at this point. It's really all investment, right? You're investing. Make sure you save all the receipts, everything. So when you do start selling, we'll be reducing that inventory by whatever the cost was. So let's say it cost me $5. You sold it for 10. We only want to pay tax on the $5 profit, not the money you put into it originally. Okay. That makes sense. So just keep really good receipts, especially if you're doing this over a couple of years, because your inventory is slowly growing, right? Um, but you know, yeah. make sure that you're using some sort of trail. Make if it's cash, make sure you have cash receipt book where you got it, how much you paid, or if you're using credit cards or checks. Again, document on those receipts if you can, so that way, if we ever have to go back and justify it, we have the documentation. It's hard, always harder to recreate than what you have. Okay, sounds good. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. All righty, guys. Um, For Thanksgiving weekend, I do appreciate my listeners because I do know, again, that many of us, um, I will say I did my part for Thanksgiving on uh, on Good Friday. I actually just got back in town and uh, had a wonderful time visiting family down in Florida. So we uh, we got to enjoy ourselves. But it is always fun to get back on the radio, get back into the office and, and just get back to work is kind of thing I like to do. But if you have a question or if you need to set up an appointment, if you are a returning client, first and foremost, guys, our calendar is open for all returning clients. If you're a first time client, you can certainly give us a call. We will get you on the schedule as soon as we can. We always make sure all of our returning clients have a time and a date so that, you know, obviously you're returning. You 
get that. So, um, but if you um, need help with taxes, as I was saying before, I'm an enrolled agent and we help people get back on their feet. It's what I've been doing for 20 plus years. Um, and basically it's, it's very straightforward. You haven't filed taxes for a number of years. In some cases, we only have to go back six years. You don't have to go back 26 years. If you haven't filed for all those years, we, we go back, we figure out what we need to do to get you into compliance. Some people Theoretically, I may have to go back 20 years. If the IRS assessed you 10 years ago on a piece of taxes that the time clock may not have started or might not have hit yet, and they say you owe $100,000, but you had a loss that year, well, we do want to take a look and see what we need to do about getting that taken care of. On the other hand, if it's already been 10 years and they assessed you, it may be falling off before you know it. Now, I will say, if you go into non-collectible, a lot of times in that case, you have the clock stopping um, often, and it does create a situation. The IRS officially has 10 years to collect from the date of that you filed the original return. If you never filed the re original return, the clock doesn't necessarily ever start. Now they will at times do a, um, a, a IRS tax return and they'll do an assessment usually based on absolutely no paperwork. They just basically say, this is how much money we know you've gotten based on 1099s and 1099Ks and all these different things. We, we don't take any deduction, but the standard deduction. And that's always as a single and zero individual that if you're married with five children and they seen that in the past, they're not going to assume that. And then they'll send you a nice little love letter saying, Hey, guess what? You now owe us this. Um, and so you have to address that, or you would have to file an original return to offset that. Um, same thing. It was sometimes of the audits. I, I've had several cases where we had to open up or do a reconsideration of an audit because the person basically just let it go, let it slide, um, thinking that if they didn't have to say anything, didn't look up at anything and kind of just let it, everyone would just let it slide. Now, keep in mind, in the Build Back Better plan, they're putting billions of dollars into the IRS, thinking that that's going to be a big way of how they're going to pay for part of this bill, is the collection of of people that are either cheating, fraud, the way they put it, basically people that may have understated income. Um, and so more audits, more collections, um, trying to get more money put back into the bank uh, for the IRS. And that's what they're looking at is getting that as a way of them paying the bill. And of course, they say they're only going to affect people over $400,000, but yet the highest audited Believe it or not, the highest audited people are people making less than 100000 or people making more than a million dollars. Those are the higher two areas of audits um, in, the, in the United States right now. So it will be interesting to see what comes of that. Like I said, we're watching to see what's going to come back in that bill. But if you have a question, um, maybe you have, like I said, a lot of times people are buying or selling, especially selling real estate, either that being inherited or um, properties that they had as rentals, and then they turn around and sell them, then you know, you not only have the capital gains, but you will also have the recapture of depreciation that often throws people. So when they do their taxes, they, you know, they get the, the tax person comes back and says, wait, you owe this money. They're like, wait, I took 15%. I thought I'd only owe this and you would in capital gains, but they forget the ordinary income tax due on 
recapture of depreciation. Very important to make sure when you're dealing with this and making sure everything is on the same page, that you're making this work in the same direction. You don't want to just estimate these things because especially if you're taking some of that money and reinvesting it. So that means you can end up taking the IRS, your loan officer, and that's the biggest or the worst thing you can do as far as I'm concerned. So let's not do that if we can help it. So want to make sure that you're, you know, looking after your own tax situation, making sure you understand the difference of how you're getting your money. Obviously, we have ordinary income like wages, certain retirement accounts, most of your 1099 R's, right, from IRAs or from 401ks bank interest, social security, all of that are most of social security up to 85% can be taxed at ordinary income. But if you're selling stock and let's say you're a single person and maybe only, maybe you only get social security and then you sold some stock. And next thing you know, you could almost make what 30, $40,000 capital gains easily and still have zero tax due on that because of the social security being kicked in or the tax on the social security and you're under $50,000. So you may end up with a zero tax on that. So there are ways to make sure that you keep more money in your pocket, but it's truly understanding your tax bracket, your situation. Maybe you shouldn't be selling your stock and your home and taking money out of a 401k all in the same year if it's something that we can control. Very, very important to do. All right, guys, we're going to be taking our last break here. You're, you want to join the show? If you've been hanging out and you're like, oh yeah, I've got one question I need to ask or you think other people might need to hear the answer uh, because I know some people love to get on the radio. And I mean, I should say a lot of people don't love to get on the radio and ask questions because it can be a bit nerve wracking. I understand that. But if you want, you can uh, join the show here, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. are back here live in studio. If you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. All right. We got Ricky in Watertown. What's happening, buddy? Oh, not watching the world go around. <laughs> Does that no matter what happens in life, right? Yep. What can I do for you? Got a question. Uh, I'm retired on disability retirement. I had a fairly large sum of money in my Roth IRA in a tradition. And I rolled a hundred thousand over into a uh, Roth IRA from a traditional. I withheld 20% for taxes, but I've got a gut feeling I should have withheld 22 or 23. Single or married, mate? Yes. Are you single or married? Uh, single. Okay. So you're absolutely correct. Uh, you should have probably, I mean, the effective rate will probably come out to, let's see, you got a hundred, how much, uh, you're on disability, but how much for the year do you estimate? Just give me a ballpark on what that's going to be. Uh, usually when I file taxes, it's roughly 35,000. Usually I get a thousand back at the end of the year. Okay, so 35000 is what you usually, I mean, and you're on Social Security disability, not VA, right? Uh, Social Security, and I've got a disability policy through my former uh, employer. 
Okay, so both of those. So the, the Social Security disability, you don't have to pay tax on 85% of uh, whatever that works out to. And then the other one, you'll pay tax on 100% of whatever they're paying you, um, unless you paid into that originally, but I'm assuming that's probably taxable income to you. So okay. let's say you got 35, the first 50, the next 110. Yeah, you're going to be close. I would say you, you might want to, I don't know if you have the ability because you're on a fixed income at this point. Um, and I wouldn't do anything until the first of the year. If for some reason you need a little bit more and you want to do, but bottom line is I would not be surprised you're two to $4,000 short. Okay. That's what I figured. Not too bad, but yep. Good thinking, sir. I have another question. Sure. Before you go. I've still got about 150,000 in a traditional and I want to roll that over into the Roth. Okay. What percentage should I hold down on it? I would actually do 28. Okay. Um, because you're going to be kicking into the other bracket. So I would actually go there. And then worst scenario is you may have a few pennies over, but I would go to the higher. Yes. Okay. Very good. Thank you. All right. For the Thanks, mate. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, so if you have a question, we're getting to the end of the show here, but you can also always email me Friday at drfriday.com, Friday at drfriday.com. Pretty easy to remember. Remember, as an enrolled agent, guys, I am here, yes, to educate, to help, to make sure you guys, but the real purpose I love about this show, and it seems to usually help and work out well, is plain and simple to make you think about your taxes to make sure that you, you know, ask the right questions. If you're on, if you're 70 or older and you're taking RMDs, you know, and you give money to charity, why are you not taking it out of the RMD? Because that way it's dollar for dollar tax deduction versus trying to meet a standard deduction and or any charitable deduction that you might get. I mean, either way, you're going to give the money, but why not take advantage of the uh, qualified charitable deduction on those situations? There's all kinds of things like that that may apply to you. Not everything's going to be across the board apply to any one person, but if, if you understand what the different types of taxes we have and then how you're going to do those taxes, then boom, you can find a way that might give you, if nothing else, just like the gentleman that called a minute ago, let's, let's make sure that we're taking out enough taxes. So you don't have to worry about coming up with more money. If you're in a fixed income situation, right? It doesn't make any sense. People, we don't want to have that happen. So what I want you to be able to do is to enjoy your retirement or preparing for retirement or just not dread tax season. If you're somebody that hasn't filed taxes in the next or the last four or five years, give me a call. We can get you back on track. There are offer and compromises out there that can help you do things or at least find out, do you qualify for an offer and compromise, a payment plan, a partial payment plan, non-collectible? These are the options you might have. And that way, then you don't have to sit there and say, well, I can never buy a house. I can never buy a new car. My kids can't go to college because you're not filing tax returns. Normally makes it difficult for those situations. Again, I have had people that seem to be able to live without filing tax returns, but very rarely are they able to get 
what they want, which is usually money for their kids to go to college to even, um, you know, buy a house, you have to have the last couple of years, unless you're paying cash. And that would be a question where that cash came from if you're not filing tax returns. Uh, so you do want to make sure that you have that information, do what you need to do and make sure it's done right. So if you've got a friend or, you know, someone that has maybe getting some of those love letters from the IRS and they don't know where to start, my initial consultations are always free. And we need to be able to make sure we can help you. If we can't help you, then you know what? You need to find someone that can. It's that simple. But if we can, then we need to go ahead and get you on the right track and moving forward so that we have the ability to do what we need to do and how we're going to do it. And sometimes people think, oh, I'll just transfer this over here. I'll just do this over there. And you're creating more tax problems than you might even realize. If it's not for yourself, you may be create it for the people that you're really trying to take care of. So I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. We understand how this is working. I realize you, you're all full from Thanksgiving. It's a few days after now, but I think we're still all feeling that we actually probably had a little too much turkey. Um, but if not, you're probably eating turkey sandwiches. So you're enjoying it and hope you guys do have a wonderful holiday uh, this weekend and stay safe and don't do anything too crazy. But if you do need help uh, with taxes, bookkeeping, if you're a small business, we also do bookkeeping and payroll um, and, and help you with the EIDL. If you're doing the SBAs, trying to get um, the employee retention, these are things we can help with, or I can send you in the right direction or someplace to get that information. If you need help, all you have to do first and foremost, check me out on the web at drfriday.com. It will show you what we have, what we've got going, where we're going to be able to help. And if you, if you need help with taxes, obviously you can also call us at 615-367-0819. Now is the time for you guys to be sitting back thinking about a little bit. I mean, again, I realize it's Thanksgiving and that you probably need a few days off from doing this, but once you're back on track, get that manila envelope off, stop putting tax forms and things in there on the front, make a list of the things that you are expecting to have, right? Because many times people have worked more than one job especially in the last couple of years. Sometimes people weren't working at the, the same profession. Some people took on driving or doing different things. If you are doing Uber or Amazon or any of those other type of transportation or delivery services, remember miles are our friends and we need to make sure we have good record of those miles traveled. You don't want to just be educated and guessing those, oh, I think I put about 50,000 on my car, isn't a good answer. We need to know. And the good news is in most of these agencies, they are actually tracking some of that information. So again, making sure we have the documentation, tracking that information, and then doing what we need to do is the secret to having an easy, simple tax season. So if you need help with any of that, or if you're just looking to you know, find someone that maybe you needed to consult on some tax issues, either way, easiest way to do that is pick up the phone and call my office at 615-367-0819. If you need to email, maybe you need to kind of outline what you're looking for, or if you've got a question and you're a bit shy or you missed the show and you weren't able to actually get on the phone, not a hard thing to do. Again, my first name is Friday, just like the day of the week. So F-R-I-D-A-Y at drfriday.com. Again, Friday at drfriday.com. And if this is the first time you're in the car out driving around trying to figure out what's going on in the world and you 
being listened to the station the first time. I am Dr. Friday, an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. So if you've got IRS issues, if you haven't filed taxes, if you just need someone that knows the tax law and how and what you're going to do with the taxes, then that way we have the ability to be able to help you get on track and do what you need to do. Otherwise, hey, just listen and have fun on the radio like I do. And if you need help, 615-367-0819-615-367-0819 or Friday at drfriday.com. Again, Friday at drfriday.com. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Copulator. you later.